This is Pastor Bob. Today we're going to be talking about the blessings of obedience. You know, sometimes we say, well, following Jesus is so tough. Obedience can be a little difficult at times, but nowhere near the difficulty of disobedience toward God. And the obedience toward God brings great, great blessings. Let's find out about it today from the Word of God. Join me. For more than 40 years, Bob Yandian has been an expositor of the Bible, making seemingly complicated doctrine easy to understand. Grab your Bible and something to take notes with and study the Word of God with Pastor Bob Yandian. Hello and welcome again to Student of the Word with Pastor Bob Yandian. Glad to have every one of you here today. And I've been receiving many letters, uh, emails, things like that. Just people saying they're blessed by the broadcast. Thank you. It's my desire to make it a blessing, but of course, I can't bless it. God's the only one that can bless it, but you become a blessing back to me. Thank you for your responses. Thank you for your thank yous. Thank you for your great job uh, as far as presenting the Word of God. I mean, that's music to my ears. I just love that. And uh, the thing that is, I mean, I'm not looking for praise from people. It's just, you know, it's just that, it's that little shot in the arm. The thing about, you know, it's, it's, it's resonating with somebody, and I'm so glad for that. And for those of you who are partners with me, thank you so much. Again, you're a great blessing. If you'd like to become a partner with me, you've been watching long enough and you just feel that connection between us, then why don't you become a partner? Maybe some of you have already heard from God. You're just putting it off. And every day you watch the broadcast, you think, I just need to become a partner. And then 30 minutes later after the broadcast is over, you know, try not to think about it because, you know, well, it's 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 a tax on my, my finances. It's never a tax on your finances. In fact, it's another seed sown, a great blessing. And by doing it in love for the word of God, love for people, love for my ministry, then that's the whole purpose behind it is why, because we love people. And listen, again, two things God will never say to you when you get to heaven is number one, you went to church too much. And number two, you gave too much money into the kingdom of God. You'll never hear him say that because God loves it when people voluntarily, willingly give into the kingdom of God. So go to my website, bobbyandian.com. You'll find a place there where you can become a partner with me and thank you so much. And so today I want you to turn with me to Matthew chapter 11. We're going to take a look and we're calling this the blessings of obedience. And uh, what we're offering for you today is a recording called Grace for Growth. And, and what I would just say about you about, you know, a book is wonderful, but you have to be there and you have to put your full attention onto it. I think recordings are great because you can listen to them in the car. And people often tell me, I just don't have time to listen to all these things. Yes, you do. Stop and think about the times when there's really nothing going on. That's when you're driving. I mean, you usually just turn something on to, you know, just blank out your mind. And that is talk radio or, you know, oldies and, and, and country music and things like that. All it is is something to take up time. And you're hearing the same songs over and over again. You're hearing the same news every single day. Why not fill it with the word of God? Put one of those in. You'll find out usually by, I know by me and I'm not judging everybody might be. But I can listen to half of a broadcast going to the office, the other half coming back. And it really makes my day. I mean, it's like I learned something. And there's times it take longer to get to the office because I got so excited listening. So I just had to stop the car. Think on what was there. You can pull out something, begin to take notes down because it was just so good. You don't get that by listening to oldies but goodies. You don't hear that. You don't get that with your country music or especially talk radio. You know, they seem to never solve the problems. They just keep going on and on. But the word of God brings you answers you've been looking for. And many times I have heard by listening to it in the car, 
something I had questions on for years. And suddenly the person speaking on there, the person preaching, ministering, teaching, they said exactly what I needed to hear. And so again, this is what makes it worth it. And I don't care how much money you put into it. One revelation from the word of God is worth all the money you put into it. And then when you get to the second, third, fourth, fifth revelation off that series, it becomes well worth what you put into it. So again, that will be offered at halftime. They'll tell you how you can have a copy of it for yourself. Matthew chapter 11, verse 30, Jesus says, take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. What Jesus was speaking to here was people who just received Jesus as Lord and Savior. Now he says that you've been born again. Now that you've received me as Savior, take my yoke upon you and learn of me. Notice what he said. My yoke is easy. My burden is light because the yoke of Jesus is the word of God to study it. And again, learning of him. By doing this, our life becomes easier, not harder. Yet again, we have to take time to study. Like I just said, whether or not you're listening to it in the car or you're reading a book or whatever, it just takes time out of your day to turn from the normal everyday things of life and really fill it with the word of God. You're actually endearing your life. You're making it easier. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. It comes back to this. God is simply wanting you to grow so you can become obedient to him. Obedience is the major goal God is looking for. This is the greatest indicator of maturity. The reason why God left us here was so we can win others to the Lord. It's been said of this before, a convert goes to heaven, but a disciple takes others with him. If God just wanted you to go to heaven, he'd yank you out of here the moment you got saved. You'd have an immediately one person resurrection, one person rapture, you'd be taken out of here. But he leaves you here for this reason. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. Uh, chapter eight of John, Jesus said to those Jews that just believed in him. Now, if you take my yoke upon you, and he said to them, if you continue in my word, now are you my disciples indeed, and you'll know the truth, the truth will make you free. Every time, it's a, it's a commandment of God. The moment you believe in Jesus, now start to believe in the word. The moment you have faith in Jesus, switch your faith now over to the word of God. And, that, and once you do that, you'll start to grow in the things of God and find out what looks like difficulty. Living the Christian life actually becomes easier. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. It simply comes back to this. Obedience is not difficult rebellion is difficult. And we find rebellion in the Christian life. Actually, throughout the word of God, we have the carnal believer. Uh, people often ask about all the people in the Bible. Did you know probably 90% of the people that are the major, uh, you know, actors or stuff in the word of God, the major ones that God talks about, the major stories of the Old Testament, they were all believers, all right? There were some unbelievers. I mean, there was, you know, some wicked kings, you know, Ahab, Jezebel, those that were not believers, but the rest of them were all believers. And most of the time it's spent in their transgressions. It talks about their difficulties. In other words, carnal believers fill the word of God. And so obedience is not difficult, but rebellion is difficult. Rebellion may like seem like the moment for what to do, but it ends up being a difficult thing. Obedience is in essence somewhat difficult, but nowhere near as bad as rebellion is toward God. Obedience is difficult because you're having to tame yourself. You're having to pull yourself in and instead of doing the normal things you would in your normal life around you, you spend more time in the word of God. But we we often, again, uh, I think the greatest thing to do in the Christian life is start looking at the things that you enjoy doing but aren't necessary. You know, I used to I used to enjoy playing racquetball and I love sports and things like that. And I would be occupied with those types of things. I bowled. I was on a bowling league and I enjoyed it. I kept, you know, I kept every time competing with myself to increase my score and all this. And one day I finally realized something. You know what? 
It's just not necessary. It does, there's not one reward in heaven for how well I did at racquetball. Not one reward in heaven for how I bowled a 200 or a 180 or whatever I bowled on that night. And again, constantly seeking to increase my, my uh, scores. But what difference did it make? I realized that after I got away from there, it didn't make any difference. I was actually thinking on it ahead of time when I could have been thinking on the word of God. And when I finally learned to set those things aside, I found out what Hebrews chapter 12 says, laying aside every weight and the sin that says so easily, easily besets us. There's sin in my life, and I know I have to get rid of that. That is really a, something wrong in God's sight. But he says, lay aside the weights. The weights are good things of life that just burden you down. And he says, lay both of them aside. One's worse than the other. But again, obedience is not difficult. It's the rebellion that's difficult. The Bible says the way of the transgressor is hard, but by comparison, the way of the obedient is easy and blessed. We just read it. Take my yoke upon you. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. When you are obedient, the enemy is yourself, your flesh, the world and Satan. But when you're disobedient, you actually become the enemy of God. God's not turned against you, but you've turned against him. And so it simply comes back to this. This is what God wants to do to bless us. God's desire is to bless us in the Christian life. You see, salvation is not just, it is a blessing, but it's really more of a gift. Anything that is a gift is simply received by faith, but blessings are the rewards of obedience. That's how blessings are different than gifts. Gifts are freely, simply receive, require no obedience at all. Salvation is a gift. Receiving the infilling of the Holy Spirit is a gift. It requires no obedience specifically. You know, it's just something that you simply receive. God doesn't say if you'll merit these types of things, I'll give you the Holy Spirit. If you'll merit eternal life, I'll give it to you. No, he just simply says, here it is, take it. Once we receive it though, he asks for our obedience. Obedience is only demanded from those who receive the blessings, the gifts of God. And once we start to walk in those blessings and he asks us to be obedient, you are saved to do good works. You are saved unto obedience. For by grace are you saved through faith that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. But we are saved unto good works. Works, so that's Ephesians 2.10. The purpose of, the, of it is this. We are not saved by good works. In other words, our church attendance doesn't matter to God, how many people we help feed, no matter how many uh, different charities we gave to, no matter how we stood there in bread lines and helped people, all the different things that people rave about and talk about, you know, taking care of widows and orphans, all those types of things. Those things are wonderful, but they will not get you into heaven. But once you become a Christian and you start to do this out of love toward God, not something you're trying to win, uh, you know, the favor of people, and thinking so, you'll win the favor of God. You don't win the favor of God by good works. Faith is what it takes to please God. Hebrews chapter 11, without faith, it is impossible to please God. And God wants us to grow in faith. This is the whole purpose of growing in the will of God, becoming obedient to God. So you are saved to do good works. You are saved to be obedient. God doesn't save you because you're obedient to a Bible, to a specific church. He comes because you throw everything away and say, I can't do it. I've got to receive it. And God said, fine, that's what it is. He gives us the gift, but he also gives us the power to live the Christian life. Once you get born again, now you have the power to become obedient to God. And by doing it, you may do the same things you tried to do before. Now you go to church though, but not to win God's favor. You go to church because you want to increase in knowledge and obedience to him so you can win more souls. Works 
that you do after you're born again, whether good or bad, will follow you to heaven. Now, if you confess the bad ones, in other words, if you sin after you become a Christian, then God is faithful and just to forgive you. Jesus becomes your advocate, we're told in, in uh, 1 John 2, uh, 2, 1, that we have an advocate with the Father when we do sin. So this is Christians. When we do confess our sins, those things will never be held against us. Chapter 11 of 1 Corinthians says, if we would judge ourselves here, we would not be judged there. If we confess our sins here, we will never be held accountable for them in heaven. But if we don't, we'll stand before the judgment seat of Christ and all of our good works and bad works will come out. And the good works will endure the fire. They're called gold, silver, and precious stones. The bad works are called wood, hay, and stubble, and the fire will burn them up. But all of our works, after we're born again, good works will follow us. Bad works that we did not confess will follow us and we'll be held accountable for them in heaven and be rewarded there. So again, only the works after salvation is God interested. Any works before salvation cannot be used to try to get us into heaven. Only simple faith in him. How do we get, how are we born again? The same way Abraham was, we have faith in God and it's accounted to us for righteousness. But after I receive the righteousness of God, now I need to start walking in righteousness. I've said it before, God came to save us from our sins, but he also came to save us from sinning. He wants us to live a sanctified life before him. Turn to Deuteronomy chapter seven. We're going to take this up right when we come back from halftime. Right after the break, we're gonna get into this. But again, I ask you to get hold of the offer we have for you because it will be a great blessing from here on out. The Beatitudes are the introduction to the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter five. They are divided into two sections, being hearers and being doers of God's Word. In this seven-lesson series titled Grace for Growth, Bobby Andian breaks down the Beatitudes and explains the steps to spiritual maturity. Grace for Growth is available as a seven-CD series for $30 or as an MP3 download for $15. To order, visit our website at bobbyandian.com. Theology Simplified is a practical guide to foundational biblical truth. Basic doctrines are not difficult, but easy to understand. They often become disguised as complicated or deep-sounding words, but the definitions are simple. Pastor Bob makes complex theological concepts clear and practical. Eight crucial doctrines of the Christian faith are demystified. Redemption, justification, sanctification, reconciliation, predestination, election, propitiation, and glorification. These eight precepts, essential for all believers to understand, come to light as you read and arrive at a deeper understanding of the finished work of Jesus Christ. To order Theology Simplified, visit our website at bobyandian.com. Bob Yandian Ministries is training up a new generation in the Word of God. Because of your generosity and faithfulness, this teaching ministry is able to change countless lives. You will never know until you get to heaven how many people received Jesus, were filled with the Holy Spirit, healed, or found God's will for their life through your support and prayers. If you would like to become a partner with Bob Yandian, Visit our website at bobyandian.com and click on Partnership. 
Deuteronomy chapter seven, let's take a look at that together. We're gonna take a look at verse nine. Blessings follow the obedient, but destruction follows the wicked. Now the wicked here are not necessarily unbelievers, but can be a Christian who's operating in wickedness. And God wants to have uh, blessings follow you, but now destruction follows you. And the destruction really is you become a magnet for destruction. God's out there and he's on your side. He's the loving heavenly father encouraging you pushing you back to coming back into fellowship with him. Because why? The things that's happening to you are your fault. You're the one who caused it. And again, blessings follow the obedient, but destruction follows the wicked. When you walk with God, it's not the fact that God just keeps pouring blessings out on you, which he does. It's that you become a magnet for blessings. Blessings just seem to be attracted to you when you're obedient, but destruction seems to be attracted toward you when you start following after wickedness. Deuteronomy chapter seven, take a look at verse nine. Know that the Lord your God, he is God, the faithful God who keeps covenant and mercy for a thousand generations with those who love him and keep his commandments. We're told in the Old Testament that literally wickedness will only last for four generations. But notice what we have here. Mercy will last for thousands of generations for those who love him and keep his commandments. In other words, when God starts pouring out blessings on you, it will go to a thousand generations if they'll simply keep walking the same things. But when it comes comes to evil, where evil seems to increase from time to time, he simply says that will only last for four generations. Look with me at verse 15. Verse 15 says, the Lord will take away from you all sickness, not allow any of the terrible diseases of Egypt, which you have known, but will lay them on those who hate you. In other words, the things that Satan uses to come against you will actually be thrown back on himself. And he, again, because he's the author of wickedness, will attract these things and those who follow after him. God is simply letting you know, follow after me. I'll protect you from the evil that's in this world. I'll protect you from the sickness that's in this world. And what happens? happen to those in Egypt because of their rebellion toward me will not happen to you because you'll be like those uh, in those Hebrews, those Jews that lived in that place called Goshen, where there was a, a, a just a wall of protection around them and the evil did not come to them. When there was darkness in the land of Egypt, there was light in Goshen. Whenever the, the sick and the cattle were dying and children were dying, it did not happen in Goshen where the children of Israel were. The wickedness again became a magnet toward Egypt and it came to them even more as they rebelled against God and rebelled against God's people. God has not changed. The world has not changed. Wickedness has not changed, but blessings also have not changed. God wants to, again, bless you and bless the generations after you if you'll just walk in the commandments of God. But how do you do that? You have to become one who simply says, I'm going to walk in obedience to God. Oh, the blessings of obedience. Look at Psalm 37. Psalm 37 says in verse 9 through 11, evildoers will be cut off. There's going to come a day when all evildoers will be cut off. Not now, but there's coming a day. We see it happening from time to time around us where evildoers are cut off. But for the whole world, it's going to happen at the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. At the end of the tribulation, Jesus Christ will come back and all evildoers will be cut off. But those who wait on the Lord will inherit the earth for yet a little while and the wicked will be no more. Indeed, you will look carefully for 
his place, but it shall be no more. But the meek will inherit the earth and will delight themselves in the abundance of peace. Let me qualify the word meek. Just because weak rhymes with meek doesn't mean that meek means you are weak. No, that's not what it means. Meekness here is not weakness. Again, even though it rhymes, it simply means meekness is a teachable person. What are we coming back to? Stick with the word. Become teachable in the word. Understand you don't know everything. See, that's often what happens to Christians. They know a little bit and think they know a whole lot. The little bit you learn should actually reveal to you the whole bunch you don't know. And the longer you live, the more you learn, the more you find out there's more that I don't know. The meek will inherit the earth. The earth here literally is the word in the in the Greek of the New Testament. It simply means the land we live on. That's how Jesus interpreted this in the Sermon on the Mount. The meek will inherit the earth. There's a word for world called cosmos. That's the world's evil system around us. But the earth belongs to the Lord. And one day he's going to take all evil and remove it from the earth. And this inheritance that he has will be given to us and the, the rulership over the earth will be given to those who were teachable during their life here on earth. It goes on to say the meek will inherit the earth. They'll delight themselves in the abundance of peace. You know what? That starts now to where you become teachable. You become meek before the Lord, understanding this, that I don't know everything. In fact, there's a whole lot more I don't know than I do know. And I don't care if you live to be a hundred years old, grow to incredible knowledge in the word of God through your entire lifetime. You still don't know more than what you do know. Exodus chapter 15, turn there with me at verse 26. Exodus 15, 26 says this, if you diligently heed the voice of the Lord your God, do what is right in his sight, give ear to his commandments and keep all his statutes, I will allow none of the diseases to come on which you have brought upon the Egyptians, I am the Lord who heals you. I am the Lord your healer. I am the Lord your physician. Different translations for that simple phrase, I'm the Lord who wants to heal you, but I simply ask for one thing, and that is simply be obedient to me, give ear to my commandments, keep my statutes. I will see to it that not only will you be healed, I'll see to it that health follows you and that you no longer become one who gets sick. Oh, you might get it from time to time, but you know what? It can't stay on you very long because why? If you understand that God has redeemed you from sin and also from sickness, you understand something. There's a difference between a sinner being tempted to sin and a Christian being tempted to sin. I am a righteous person being tempted to act in unrighteousness. And here's the point with healing too. I am no longer a sick person trying to get rid of sickness. I am healed by the Lord Jesus Christ. I am well through the Lord Jesus Christ. I am a well person resisting the symptoms trying to come on me. This is what God says I want you to do. Understand who you are in me and you can understand my redeeming uh portion for your life, whether it's from sin or whether it's from sickness. Second Chronicles 6.14 says this, Lord God of Israel, there is no God in heaven or on earth like you who keep covenant and mercy with your servants who walk before you with all their hearts. Again, the blessings of obedience. He simply says, walk before me with all your hearts. He doesn't say here, you'll never make a mistake. I think in following God with all your heart, there's times you still trip and fall, but get right back up and keep right on going. You know why David was called a man after God's own heart? It's not because he never sinned. It's because when he did sin, he got right 
right back up and he dusted himself off. David became a man after God's own heart because he was quick to repent when he did sin. There was a time when he took a year to repent with, with Bathsheba, the whole thing that happened there. But the moment that the prophet Nathan came in and told him the story of the ewe lamb and then showed him, this is talking about you. David immediately said, I have sinned against the Lord. And the prophet Nathan says, your life will not be taken from you, will not die. So again, he was forgiven immediately. We have again the story throughout the word of God. This is so consistent with things that happen in the word of God. God doesn't save us and expect us to be perfect from that moment on. He expects us to move into perfection, grow daily in the things of God. This is what happened with Abraham. Even after Abraham accepted the Lord, he still tried twice to give away his own wife to save his own skin. But you know what? He repented, kept on going. I think probably was much more difficult for his wife, uh, Sarah, to forgive him than it was for God to forgive him. But again, we have there that God did forgive him and Abraham went on to become the father of our faith. That's Old Testament and New Testament. He is seen forever as the Lord who is our, our lineage up to the Lord Jesus Christ, that we who have believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, we are also the seed of Abraham. But we're the spiritual seed, eternal seed of Abraham. And uh, comparing us to the nation of the Jews here on this earth, they are only the physical offspring of, of Abraham. We are the spiritual offspring of Abraham. What God is looking for is spiritual offspring, those that accept him as Lord and Savior, both Jews and Gentiles. Look at Psalm 25. We're just going to end this broadcast today with scripture upon scripture. Psalm 25, verse 20 and 21. Keep my soul and deliver me, David said. Let me not be ashamed for I will put my trust in you. Let integrity and uprightness preserve me. I wait for you. What a wonderful verse. Let integrity and uprightness be what preserves me. Not me preserving myself, but the integrity and uprightness of my heart toward you. When I have that, then the word preserves me. And he says, I wait for you. Patience is developed in the heart of the one who keeps seeking after him. Hebrews 10 35 tells us, stay confident and patient before the Lord. We are so interested in the destination. I want my healing. I'm tired of this pain. I'll be so glad when this pain is gone. We are interested in the destination. God is interested in the trip. God wants us to increase daily before him, growing every single day. That's why Hebrews 10.35 says this, don't cast away your confidence, which has great reward. Your confidence here is what keeps you going on every single day. Confidence in God, confidence in God. And you finally get the point, I don't have to see my healing to stay confident. I stay confident because I just stay confident in the word. If the word is true, I'm gonna put my faith and my confidence in that. God's compassion is released to his obedient children. We have more compassion toward our children when they're obedient. And the same thing is true with God. Psalm 91 verses 14 through 16, because he, that is me, has set his love on me. That's God. I will deliver him. I will set him on high because he has known my name. He will call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him with long life. I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. This is the ultimate salvation when we get to heaven. God says, stick with me, hang in there with me, continue walking in my word. I'll continue to bring blessings into your life. And one day I will completely satisfy you by showing you the final end result of salvation. You'll be standing before me in heaven in a resurrection body. Psalm 84. 
verses 11 and 12. The Lord God is a sun and a shield. Sun is a life giver and shield is a life protector. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from those who walk uprightly. O Lord of hosts, blessed is the man who trusts in you. Again, we come back to it, the blessings of obedience. Simply saying yes to the things of God. You, listen, they may be difficult to understand. Sometimes you may say, wow, that's a little bit more than I think I can bite off and chew. Well, go ahead and bite, go ahead and chew. Simply be obedient. And listen, I find this out. When you become obedient, to say, I will keep God's word, the power to keep it comes along. Psalm 145 verses eight and nine will end on this verse. It said, the Lord is gracious, full of compassion, slow to anger, great in mercy. The Lord is good to all and his tender mercies are over all his works. What a great verse to end on. The Lord's gracious, full of compassion, slow to anger, great in mercy. The benefits of God coming to us. And that's why he says, with all this coming from me, I simply ask you to simply keep my word, honor my word and see these things not only come to your life, but increase in the days to come. I'm simply coming back to you. God has exalted his word above his very name. The most important thing to God is the word of God. And that's why he's exalted it so high. Why don't you do the same thing and lift up God's word and obedience to it as the number one thing in your life? See you next time. You can order resources, become a partner, or browse free articles and podcasts by visiting our website at bobyandian.com. You can also join our mailing list and receive weekly devotions and the latest ministry updates. If you would like to contact Bob Yandian Ministries, visit bobyandian.com and click on Contact. To contact us by mail, use the address on your screen. Thank you for watching today's broadcast. We'll see you next time on Student of the Word with Bob Yandian.